Thanks for your attention. This is Getting Divorced Without Losing Your Mind podcast with Corey Shapiro. In divorce news, we're going to talk about an article I saw in U.S. News and World Report by Corey Ann Hicks. It's titled, Do I Need a Divorce Financial Advisor? Now, everyone probably knows what a financial advisor is, but what are these divorce financial advisors? Well, that's just someone who specializes in divorce. But there's been a group, uh, the IDFA, Institute for Divorce Financial Analysts, run by Carolee Roberts, who has a designation, the CDFA, the Certified Divorce Financial Analyst. Do you need one of these people to help you through your divorce? And I guess the answer is sort of like your accountant. You know, it just depends on the level of support you need. Maybe you just need TurboTax. Maybe you need some type of tax preparer. Maybe you need a CPA. So it really depends on your support that you're looking for. I think in most cases, your attorney can probably, a competent attorney could probably get you where you need to go, maybe at not the most cost efficient place. So you might want to speak to a financial advisor or uh, someone who's a divorced financial advisor. I would say the only difference between the two is maybe just the level of you know experience in our field. Maybe there is some things a divorced financial advisor sees more often than a financial advisor, but I think they are both very, obviously, very competent when it comes to finances. These are three questions that Corianne suggests to ask. Okay, question one, what experiences does the advisor have in divorce financial planning? That's a good question to ask your financial advisor, see if they are up on the latest news. One thing Carol Lee Roberts has for people who are the CDFA designation, she has an annual conference. I think it's a four-day conference, and it makes sure that the people who have the CDFA designation, which I think she monitors yearly, I think it's a yearly license, a certificate, you know, have some training. I think she has like 30 hours of training that you have to take to keep that designation. I think that's 30 hours every other year. So what has the financial advisor done? Make sure they're in that space. Does the financial advisor have any specialties uh, with divorce financial planning? Uh, I'm not sure if I fully understand that question, but I guess there's different areas of divorce financial planning. You know, maybe you have a situation where someone has most of their assets tied up in retirement accounts. Some people have all their assets tied up in their home. Some people maybe are fortunate enough to have a business, stock options, cryptocurrencies, you name it, NFTs. You know, I'm not sure where their wealth is stashed, but someone, you know, if you if you have one of those cases, it might be helpful to speak to someone who has some familiarity. And then this is an interesting question. What is the average client profile of this financial advisor? Right. So, you know, you want to make sure that this financial advisor is in their lane. You know, a lot of people you see advertise high net worth. So is that what they only do? Or is that just what their marketing is? The people I think who really do the high net worth. I don't really think even need to advertise. So just make sure the marketing and message and the qualifications are in sync. Okay, so let's move on to the question of this episode. It comes from Francis, I had a child against my will, and now being taken to court for child support, what are my rights? I assume what Francis is talking about is that situation where you have an unwanted pregnancy. Two people get together, they have, of course, sex. And then what was once a casual, maybe sexual relationship now might turn into a longer term situation because 
the woman in this case wants the child. And, you know, for a lot of men who are in that situation, and it is sex-based, obviously women have 100% control over if they're going to have the child or not. That's the public policy. And we can get into why that is, why that isn't, but that's the public policy. And unfortunately for Francis, he has to understand another public policy. And a lot of people who call me on this issue, and there's been a few, once they understand the public policy, I think they are able to accept their fate. And here's the public policy. If there's a child born, what the state is saying generally, I believe in most states, is we don't want to support this child. We want the parents to support their child. So I don't care, this is again the state talking, I don't care, Francis, that you didn't want this child. The child's born. We're not supporting them. You are. You're the parent. Pay up. And that's basically the public policy. It's very hard to go against that public policy. I'm not sure if that public policy makes sense for everyone. I think it makes sense to me, but I can also understand Francis' point of view. You know, this is not something I wanted. I feel like uh, my resources are being taken from me and uh, I'm just in this distressful situation. So I will give you one piece of insight, Francis. Someone actually fought this fight. I believe it was a Chicago case, but don't quote me on that, or at least in Illinois. But they had a little different situation. They did have, uh, and I'm thinking of Bill Clinton here, they did have a sexual relationship, but the sexual relationship was just oral sex, and that was not disputed, okay? So in your case, if you have traditional sex, you even if it was a 0.01% chance someone says they're safe, you know, don't worry about it using protection, that's not enough for the courts in most cases. But if the court sees that you really didn't even engage in an act that could produce a child, you know, oral sex can't produce a child. So what happened here? What what happened is she took his semen and used that semen to get pregnant. So if you do a paternity test, that's a test to determine, you know, if if that's your child, that guy lost. That's my child. And, and he says to the judge, but judge, I know that's my child, but I didn't have sex. What's your problem? And the court's like, well, public policy, it's your child, you have to pay. And it went up to the appellate division and he had some crafty lawyers and they argued a intention infliction of emotional distress. You know, first of all, it shocks the conscience that this would happen. And there's not even, there's a 0% chance, a real 0% chance that you can produce a child. So I never acted into this. And now I'm just have this, this responsibility for the next 21 years. It's ridiculous. Or maybe 18 years in Illinois. And the court agreed. Court said it, it does shock the conscience because there was never a traditional sex act that would lead to a baby. On the other hand, we're not paying for it, the state I think said. So you still have to pay child support, but, and this is how equity happens, but We'll give you an award for damages for your intentional infliction of emotional distress claim, which I guess is a tort. I'm not a tort lawyer, but I did go to law school and I did pass the bar. And that's what I remember. So if you want to talk about these types of areas, you might want to speak to someone who engages in in more of a tort area. But the court said your damages are your child support. Easy to figure out. Whatever you have to pay in child support, you get a credit back. So that was a wash. And those are wise judges. Because the equity, it shocks your conscience someone would do that. All right, moving to quick announcements. As listeners know, the ebook's been out for a little over a month. I got some reviews. I have another review I'm going to read. It's at gettingdivorceebook.com. 
Our main website is gettingdivorced.org. That's the website of the podcast. But at gettingdivorcedebook.com, that's the website for the book. You can go and purchase it on Amazon. You can also get it for free if you sign up to our newsletter. And why wouldn't you want to sign up to our newsletter? We send it out weekly on Sundays and we give, generally it's based on the podcast. It might also give other information about what's going on, maybe some articles and also thinking about other things that we're going to be doing and just put links to that in the newsletter. So if you want to keep up to date with the podcast and what's going on at gettingdivorced.org, then that's what you want to do. You want to subscribe. So let's read this new review. It comes from Stephen Rabinowitz, and he says, Sage advice for surviving your divorce. He says, at last, a book that helps readers understand and navigate the mind games and legal maneuvering of high-conflict divorce. Shapiro lets his readers in on the stunts divorce lawyers pull, offering wise advice for deflecting those tactics and developing effective strategies to counteract them. Whether you're at your wit's end in the midst of a high-conflict divorce or about to enter the fray, Shapiro's calm, plain-spoken, and soothing voice will help you regain your footing and think clearly about how to move forward. Reading this book is like having the best divorce lawyer with the most amazing bedside manner whispering in your ear and having your back as you wade through the morass of divorce, or to borrow from Shapiro's boxing analogies, he's the guy you want in your corner when you enter the ring. Thank you for that wonderful review, Stephen Rabinowitz. Appreciate it. All right. And I appreciate you taking the time out of your day, listening to this podcast, trying to think differently, trying not to escalate. Sometimes it's easier to escalate than de-escalate situations. You know, I started this process of divorce in quotes as a child. I just came home from school and my stay-at-home mom left our family. So she didn't make the best decision under that circumstance, actually a pretty bad decision, caused a lot of pain for me, my sister, my family, but she lost her mind. And my goal, my mission is to help people make better decisions in divorce. A step in the right direction is to try to, when you have these hyperactive thoughts that we all do, where the pain is so unbearable, where we're so stressed out, where you're feeling like you have no hope, before you do anything. And those thoughts are okay to have. We all have bad thoughts, or some people say garbage thoughts. Just don't don't act on them without talking to a professional. And I want to remind everyone that this podcast is for informational purposes only. So please consult with your attorney before acting on any information contained in this podcast. Here's to making better decisions. This is Corey Shapiro. Mm-hmm.